Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be talking to Professor Chris Rodriguez, entrepreneur, marketing expert, agency founder, and consultant. Chris is the founder of a thriving digital marketing agency, Grow Pro, that specializes in helping martial arts schools generate millions of dollars in sales, as well as the freedom they want in their business. Uh, Christina is a productivity queen and knows the hard work required in starting a business from the ground up. She runs four businesses and has built a seven-figure empire while being a wife and mother. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth, I appreciate it. Great intro. Man, that pumped me up. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Yeah, uh, my mom did judo in the Bronx when she was a kid and always talked about how much she loved it. And when I was a kid, decided uh, it was March 15th, 1993, the very first day I stepped on the, the dojo floor. And it was literally a day, right? There's there's moments in our life that can forever change the trajectory of it. And that was the day for me. So I've been a martial artist since I was eight, fell in love with it. Only job I've ever had with the exception one summer, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese and I had to dress up as the rat for $5.50 an hour. It was that summer that I realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to open up my own martial arts school and Back in uh, 2012, I launched my my uh, martial arts school. It's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school, um, and you know I've had it for for almost 10 years now. And uh, that was kind of the first entrepreneurial uh, journey that I had, and fell in love with it. And now I just really enjoy building businesses and really giving opportunities to others uh, on the team. That is absolutely incredible. The longer version of that story should probably be in a book somewhere if it isn't already. I also am a lifelong martial artist. I also started right around the age of nine. Yep, there it is, the best known dojo. That is awesome. <laughs> All right, I love it. Um, so let's talk about the dojo first. You are in a traditionally male-dominated world, industry. How did you, and you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which you know, I've studied, but not as long as you, obviously. I'm a Krav Maga guy. Awesome. But how did you differentiate yourself from all of the other, not only regular dojos, but obviously Brazilian jiu-jitsu has become incredibly popular over the last 20 years with the UFC and all that stuff. So how did you differentiate yourself to make the dojo successful? And then we'll talk about the rest. 
Yeah, great question. So I actually had my degree in elementary education. I went to the University of South Florida and studied there. And I knew that it would, uh, you know, really be a great complement to teaching on the mat, right? Besides teaching in a classroom, teaching on the mat. And being a female, especially, like you said, in a male-dominated, male-dominated industry like martial arts, but especially in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, when I first got started in jujitsu, I was the only girl on the mat. And, you know, it's not until kind of more recently because of the UFC making it more popular because of these, you know, great, amazing female champions that more girls are getting on the mat. But at the end of the day, I'm five foot two. I weigh 120 pounds. If a 350 pound guy came in and said, let's get on the mat, I knew that that wasn't my target market. I knew that the kids would be the target market. It's also a smarter target market because there's just an opportunity to have a high, higher student value with kids. There's just more opportunities that you can offer them. And it just really fit in line with me having my elementary education degree. And, uh, you know, if, if I needed to size up an eight-year-old, it wouldn't be a problem, <laughs> uh, you know. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's how I differentiated myself and really focused on the, the kids program. And when I first opened the academy, I, I said, you know, I'm only going to do kids and their parents. Um, so the name of the school is Gracie Pack, P-A-C, and it stood for Parents and Children. And then very quickly, I realized that there were a lot of non-parents that wanted to get on the mat, and I was losing a lot of money, you know, turning them away. So I shifted very quickly and said, you know what? It's going to be parents, adults, and children. There you so go. The acronym the didn't acronym. have to change. That's awesome. Exactly. But we're predominantly about a 70% kids school and 30% adults really focusing on families. Awesome. And obviously, the longer, the longer version of your journey is in the book. At what point did you decide to start helping other dojo, other school owners? Yeah, so I had a really great opportunity when I was in my 20s to work for a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament called Grappler's Quest. And coolest gig ever, flew around all the United States, even to Canada. We went to Vegas twice a year and we hosted these tournaments and I was the event director. I made a lot of friends through doing that and a lot met a lot of other school owners that went to these tournaments. I mean, you'd have a thousand plus competitors. And this was also when Facebook was starting to get popular. So they would see me post pictures of my kids' programs. And in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, most schools are not heavily dominated in kids. They're predominantly adults. So they were saying, Chris, how did you do this? How did you grow this huge kids program? Because they saw me sharing it on social media. And, you know, I, I knew that I couldn't wear all the hats. I tried to wear all the hats for a while in my business. You get burnt out. So I started developing, you know, what I consider a rock star team. And once I got them in, in place, then I started sharing with other school owners how I was able to, to grow a, a kids program. And I, I did that at first through online courses. Um, I'll never forget. Black Friday back in 2017, I launched the Perfect Kids Jiu-Jitsu class course, and I woke up to Stripe going, bring, 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 and it was sale after sale after sale. I was down in Del Rey visiting with family and literally making thousands and thousands of dollars, 
and I wasn't even at my school and I was hooked on digital marketing and, and online coaching since then that developed into a consulting and coaching program, a mastermind program that I host now for Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools. That is awesome. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes dojo owners are making when it comes to trying to grow their, their, their schools? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you would see these mistakes kind of uh, across the board in any industry, not just martial arts schools, but number one, they don't hire fast enough. Everybody thinks that, you know, oh, if I'm going to hire, you know, somebody and pay them $40,000 a year, I, I have to have 40 grand. And that's just not my mindset. You know, you, you hire people so that they can build the business for you. So I think that's one mistake is just trying to do it all. Um, and, and especially with an industry like martial arts, most people aren't opening martial arts schools because they want to become millionaires. It's because they have a passion for it. They want to share that. But when you're teaching 20, 30, 40 classes a week and you do that and that compounds month after month, year after year, oftentimes that superpower becomes the Achilles heel. And it's what's you're the bottleneck of your company. You can't grow if, if you're trying to do that. So that's mistake number one is just not hiring fast enough. Mistake number two is not reinvesting profits into marketing. Um, I am, you know, I, I love marketing. I have a digital marketing agency. It's not just about digital marketing. You shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. You need to be diversified. But that's another mistake. They don't reinvest their profits back into marketing. And I would say the last one is they don't hire a mentor fast enough, right? They're trying to reinvent the wheel. They're trying to do it all on their own. Um, you know, I, I probably spend around $4,000 a month in mentorship programs between hiring coaches and being part of masterminds. Um, so those would be the top three mistakes that I see school owners make, but really in any industry, you're, you're probably going to see that as well. Absolutely. You run four businesses. What are the other two? Yeah. So I've had the digital marketing agency. So once I launched the consulting company, the number one question you get as a consultant is how do I get more clients? And we had a lot of success with utilizing Facebook ads and Google ads. So I started teaching my clients how to do it. And they were like, Chris, man, you explained that really well, but that's a lot of work and I don't want to do it. Will you just do it for me? So, uh, you know, I started with, with 10 clients. I did it all on my own. Once I hit about 10 clients in my agency, I was like, man, I just bought myself another job. And uh, this was about two and a half years ago. So uh, developed an amazing team. There's 16 of us now on the team. We have 230 clients, uh, you know, so, so really saw some explosive growth in the last couple of months. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's the digital marketing agency. That's company number three. And then company number four, got to do something with all those profits. And uh, we, we decided to invest in real estate. So we actually own the office building that we're in. We, we're, we're landlords as well. We have a tenant. Um, so that's the, the fourth company is a real estate investment company. Congratulations on all your success. How do you balance that all with, along with your personal life? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I don't necessarily think that I agree in, in balance with something being 50-50 at all times. I kind of look at it more like a pendulum. When I'm at work, I'm all in at work and I set up non-negotiables. I'm leaving by five o'clock. There's certain non-negotiables I have, like bath time with my son that never gets skipped. So setting those non-negotiables, I think, is really important. But when I'm at work, I'm all in at work. And when I'm at home, I'm all in at home. Um, one of the very first 
courses, personal development courses I ever took about probably maybe 12 or 13 years ago was by a gentleman named Eben Pagan. And he had this course called Wake Up Productive. And in this course, he talks about the gray zone. And this is where a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves where when they're at work, they want to be at home. And when they're at home, they're thinking about work. And uh, to me, that is, you know, like a literal hell to be in. So I try to set up my day, my calendar, right? I joke all the time that my calendar is my boss. My calendar says five o'clock, it's time to go home. My boss is telling me it's, it's time to go home. So I don't necessarily know if there's this equal 50-50 balance. There's going to be certain times where, you know, like the holidays, for example, we're going to be much more all in on family. There's going to be certain times like Black Friday, right? I mean, Black Friday for an entrepreneur is one of the most important days of the year. Um, so I really look at it more like a pendulum swing than this kind of scaled balance. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Um, you know, I think that changes over the years. Um, right now, what I love best is providing opportunities for my team members. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough over all four companies, I have 23 team members, um, as a small business, you know, we're offering healthcare benefits, 401k, you know, um, 3% match PTO. These are things that a lot of small businesses can't afford to do, or they think they can't afford to do it. So I think what pumps me up the most, you know, it used to be that client number, what pumps me up the most is my team member number, because the more team members I have, the more impact I'm making on them and the greater impact that they can make on our clients. Awesome. You're, you've achieved so much success at a relatively young age. What's your biggest challenge now? Um, I think it's shiny object syndrome. I think that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. I am uh, the visionary in my companies. I'll have a new idea every day. We actually just launched an apparel company, a, a clothing apparel company. I know nothing about it, but I had this idea. I really like certain designs. And um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I struggle with is, you know, oftentimes in the beginning of an entrepreneurial career saying yes, you've got to say yes, you've got to say yes to everything. But there's a certain tipping point where it's more important about what you're saying no to. And I struggle with saying no. I resemble that remark. You are, <laughs> you are giving advice to your students, to your team, to business owners every day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? I think the thing that has had the largest impact on me are my coaches and mentors. So I don't know who, you know, first told me to get a mentor is probably Jim Rohn listening to one of his cassettes back in the day. But um, to me, that has, has made the, the greatest impact finding people. And, and it's not just, you know, I think a mistake that entrepreneurs make is, is they'll hire a coach that might have success in the eyes of their business I want a coach that is successful in all areas of their life, right? Or are you a successful parent? Are you a successful spouse? And, and the term success, we all have different definitions of it, but making sure that you have core values that are in line with that coach, that coach has been there, they've done that, they you know, can, can prove it through what they've done for other clients. But I think that has made the greatest impact and that's been the best advice is Find somebody that's doing what you want and don't change the recipe. You see this all the time. It's like somebody gives you a recipe for chocolate chip cookies and you, you sub the, the chocolate chips for raisins. Like who likes oatmeal raisin cookies? I want the chocolate chip cookie. So follow the recipe exactly the way it is. Don't change it.
Awesome. Great advice. Fantastic interview. Amazing story. For our folks who are watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go to get the book and learn more about you? Yeah, growproagency.com. You can grab the book. It is a niche-specific book, meaning, you know, I talk about what I call the seven levels of marketing and how to implement it in a martial arts school, but marketing is marketing at the end of the day, and uh, it's definitely relevant across all industries. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green with Chris Rodriguez. Chris, thank you so much. Awesome interview. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you or talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free Perfect Pitch Cheat Sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>